Welcome to the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. Whether inside or outside the loop, we are talking everything soccer in Houston. Y'all ready? Let's get it. Welcome to the Bayou City Soccer Podcast. I am Dustin Richardson, not Rudy Segura, as you might be used to listening to. Today we're back for another Houston Dash podcast. We've got the crew with me. We've got Manny. What's up, Manny? Hey, how's it going, everyone? We've got Joey Stats, as always. What's up, Joey? How's everyone doing? And our good friend, Theo Lloyd-Hughes from all over the internet, I think, nowadays, right? Mr. Internet. That's what you can call me. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Yeah, so uh, we're going we're gonna to be talking to some Dash tonight. Full full Dash podcast for all for all the Dash fans out there. So let's just jump right into it. Last we last we talked it was the the eve of the season, right? I think it was like the day or two before. Uh, so the season got underway. Dash got a draw against Louisville, which I think we all thought was going to be an ugly kind of kind of match, and it played out to that. Uh, they went to Chicago and got a big win, and then went to Portland and got a big draw. Then came home in the Challenge Cup and rotated. I think is the best way you could put it. Um, I know we. Well, we'll. I guess we'll start with that KC game. Last it was last night when we were recording this, but you're, when you're hearing this, Wednesday night, a little bit of a rotated squad, right, Manny? Like, uh, and afterwards, Lady Sam Lady was kind of like, "Yeah, it is what it is." We kind of knew this coming in. Yeah. So I think you know. So, sooner or later, we're going to look for a rotated squad because there's so this same starting eleven was playing all three matches, and you would think, okay, when is this rotate coming in? Logically, you would think it would be the Challenge Cup. Uh, you see, we'll see if he's going to gun it the straight eleven for every game, but highly unlikely. And we see a lot of good faces. You know, sadly, it was not a result that we're looking for. But I think overall, I didn't mind how they played and how attacking were, you know, a couple small mistakes made the difference, to be honest, on like on this uh K C game. Yeah, Joey, would you would you take away from the K C game? Oh, it was good to see some some new faces in. I thought we played not great, but also it wasn't like a pitiful performance, but their goals did come against the run of play because we did kind of dominate the ball in that game. Just couldn't couldn't get the clear opportunities, couldn't put the way the chances we had, and they did. That's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, and Theo, we saw some saw some debuts with Sophie Hurst, uh, Jalissa Harris, um, Barb Oliveri got her first start. Um, would you Would you think of the the outing in the Challenge Cup? You know, I, I I'm kind of interested to, to know what the room thinks. That, that I was a little bit surprised by Sam Lady's um, comments after the match. I thought. Like you said, considering three professional debuts, Barb's first appearance in America, obviously she's got a, a professional season under her belt in Mexico. Um, you know, I don't, Sam you kind of said, oh, what do you expect when you make eight changes and play, you know, four debutants? And then part of me was like, well, you know, maybe let's be a bit more positive. But he he was pretty frustrated. And I, and I think, you know, he said that thing, sort of targeting the senior players and saying the senior players didn't do enough to guide the younger players. And, you know, the execution wasn't good enough. They got to get this performance out of their system. I thought his words were quite strong. And I, yeah, I mean, was anyone else surprised by that? You know, like you said, this was about rotation. It's about challenge cards, it's about debutants. And then the comments after the game were like, you know, let's clean this layer. Did, did that surprise anyone? I think for me, it did a little bit. Okay, like if you look at just a paper itself, you like, 
of course you're not expecting a good result. You're changing like you never want to lose. Lot. You never want to lose. But yeah, you never you never want to lose. But you change a lot. You know, key players. You know, you don't have Sophie Schmidt or uh, Marista Vigiano on that. You know, you can say the back the back spine of it. But you still have your core defenders. You know, you know you have Diasco. You have Kate Lit. Of course, she's recovering from uh, injuries she had and uh, and Chapman. But everything else up forward are either rookies or or new players playing on their team. Of course, you have Havana. Of course, you have a, a season uh, under uh, Michelle Alozzi. But still, it's pretty pretty much uh, a new new team with new players trying to adapt themselves who hasn't played professionally in a professional game together. So I think for me, you know, a draw will be great, but you never want to lose. But of course, I don't. They just caught me a little bit off guard, just so many changes, and yet expecting a, a win result. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, too. Like, we talked to Sam, you know, before the game. He had his media, and he was talking about, you know, KC's arrival, and there was talk around the team of revenge for what happened in the playoffs last year, and then they kind of come out and do that. You know, it was it was an interesting dynamic of, like, hey, we want to beat, beat this team. Uh, you know, we owe them for last year. They ended our season. And here's here's a, eight changes to the starting lineup. <laughs> well, and, 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 yeah, go ahead, Theo. No, I was just going to say, I don't have a problem with eight changes. Like for me, and, and even like, you, you know, Sam said the thing like this, what do you expect? And part of me is like, yeah, well, what do you expect? Like, again, I'm not saying you, you want to lose a game. I'm not saying 2-0 is like, you know, everyone should be popping champagne. But part of me is like, that's this is valuable experience. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose. Like, I, I I didn't think last night necessarily was a massive negative. And, and like Joey, I thought Joey summed it up very well by saying the Dash actually controlled this game. There's definitely an argument to be made that when the Dash control games, they don't often win games. They like to be the team that is reacting rather than kind of um, dictating. But um, yeah, I don't know. For me, like my overall reaction watching the game was like, yeah, this is a, a total work in progress. These are a bunch of players who have never played together. Katie Lind, you know, arguably the best dash player for the past three seasons. You know, I, I would really put her up there with one of the best players in club history. She's playing with a brand new centre-back partner, Angelus Harris. They've never played before um, together. And they're playing a back three. You know, Chapman's much more as an interior player, an interior inverted fullback than she has been. So there's a lot going on. And I don't, I, again, I, maybe sometimes I feel like People often get on me for being too positive and not like bashing NWSL teams. This isn't just a dash thing. Just like I think a lot of people feel like the NWSL doesn't get players don't get enough criticism sometimes. And I feel like I was like, oh, this is you know not okay. But I was like, oh, there's some positive to take away this. And I was surprised to see Lady be like, this isn't good enough. And I think it's it's cool to see him set setting a standard for his team and setting performances. But you know, if I were a dash fan, I would kind of be like, it's okay what happened last night to some extent. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's that whole like culture thing and the Dynamo have been talking about that. Like it, it's, you know, it's it's every day and it's trying to win. And like, like, like you guys said, you know, the Challenge Cup was probably that time. It's a, you know, it's a six game tournament to see who gets out of the group. So this game, especially with the games that they've had on the schedule and, and coming up was probably one that you could kind of like you like you said, Theo, you don't wanna, you want to win every game, but one that you could kind of push to the side. Uh, yeah, and then for Sam to just kind of come out like this is unacceptable type was was interesting. Joey, would, it, yeah, it was ahead. interesting. I'm not saying it's the bad. Yeah. I, I think I think it's cool that Sam did it. If that like that's, that's his coaching style, it just caught me off guard. Yeah, Joey, would you would you think of the uh, the, the the performance and and Sam's kind of uh, 
district dis disapproval of it. <laughs> I mean, I, we we really got what he expected with all those changes. But I thought one of the biggest takeaways is when he brought in that quadruple change. I don't yeah, really that surprised think, me. I don't really think we played that great with all the subs on either. You know, you bring on all the yeah. all the big girls and they didn't play up to standard. So I agree with his comments that a lot of the senior players didn't really carry the young players well. No, and that's that's where actually I do think I liked what Sam said and that like he didn't put the heat on the younger players. Um he really did kind of put it on. And I was actually surprised he made that that kind of hockey line change for four subs in one go. You take out the entire front four. I was a bit surprised to see him do that. And I think, you know, not that these the players he brought on can't handle the minutes, but part of me's like, why not give, you know, Sophie got the whole night off, Marissa got the whole night off. Why put Diana, Ebony, and and Maria in there? You know, Diana and Maria couldn't even get a shot on target. Ebony had one chance. She scuffed one way over the bar on that really nice run by Maria with the nutmeg, which was probably the highlight of the night. Um but I, yeah, I don't think it was a great night for those kind of the cavalry to come in. They couldn't rescue the game. Dash finished with 0.5 XG for 60% possession. I mean, yeah, you can talk about mistakes. You can talk about learning curves. But I actually think the the attacking performance, the lack of cohesion, the lack of crosses, not finding players, passes, not finding teammates, that's kind of where they fell down. Yeah, it was, yeah, like you said, you know, you you expected, you know, it was it was 1-0 at the time here comes the cavalry kind of and okay this is this is going to be the, the change in the match and it was anything anything but that you know it just kind of stayed on that not really much happening on the offensive end like you said Ebony had that one shot and then I think KC scored like what 30 seconds later after after that nice run by Maria and then they just hit him on a counter and it was two nothing and that was kind of kind of all she wrote right yeah I didn't want to blame Maria too much but it's she <laughs> loses Kate Dalfalva um, and, and I think at that point, Leighty had tried to switch them back to a 4-3-3 when those subs came on. He like tried to set them in a more like kind of the formation they'd been playing the first couple of weeks, the win in Chicago. And then Kate Dalfalva, obviously KC play with the back five, very good at getting those wing backs into, into attacking positions. And you see Dabina, who, who's kind of in the number 10, she ends up coming out wide, which then means there's a double, a double up there. So you get Kate Dalfalva going past, um, who would it be? Uh, Didasco, I guess. Uh, or maybe, maybe it's in the other side. Maybe it's Courtney Peterson. But either way, basically, Maria then has to track their wing back. She doesn't. She gets really, really good crossing, actually. And, and, and Kaiser gets it in off Lind. But yeah, it was it was that combination of like maybe too many changes at once, people not picking up their, um, their markers. Yeah. So like we said, that was the Challenge Cup. It kind of kind of got that out of the system. But undefeated in league play so far. Um, one win, two draws. We'll just kind of, I guess, kind of start with takeaways from the first three games, Manny. What, what have you, what have you kind of seen that you liked, disliked, in between? Uh, of course, the first game, uh, I think you know everyone expected. You know, it's going to be a lot of kinks coming out. It's going to be a new system, a new play. Uh, even even after the first game, the press conference was like, you know, it's going to take maybe like the samples even, you know, try and be like, you know. Uh, you know, it's going to be take a while to get these uh, partnerships going. But immediately after, I think Chicago, it was just, we were just steamrolling them on the planks and everything, just having a lot of shots. And just, even though with the bad weather, the wind, the balls, the crosses, passes were not linking up, but it still was a good performance from the uh, the dash. And Portland, Portland was a was a it was an interesting game for the neutral. I think if you were that was the key match if you're trying to get to a, a NWSL game, 
I think that game was very they had a dull moment. You know, either team could have scored, either team could have won five five four on either both scores. It's unbelievable uh, that game ended one one. It was a great night. It was a really it really was a very entertaining game. It it was it was, and I think that game. I think if I was of all the three the games, I think that game, the Portland game, I would have been more disappointed not winning just because so many chances on both teams. You know, anyone could have won that game easily, but it was a draw. But other than that, I think um, I think I see a, a good good performances from the team uh, so far. You know, if we're looking at the main starting eleven. Uh, I think it's pretty pretty good. We have a good team to compete for the next uh, games coming up. Yeah, Joey, what are you uh, what are you taking away so far with just the the three games so far this season? I think one of my biggest takeaways is how kind of how slow we've been starting these games, and we really haven't been growing into them. Like you look in the, the Chicago game, we could see it, what twenty minutes in, then we could see it, what ten minutes in against Portland, and the defense really took a good amount of time to get going and all three of these games, they mean Louisville had some chances early on as well. And but the offense, it's starting to click chance creation wise. We're just not putting away chances. Ebony has been really poor in front of goal, unfortunately, which is kind of the opposite of what we were thinking. We would think maybe she would have a struggle with her positioning playing out wide, but she's been getting in the right positions. She's just not doing the fundamentals of being a striker right, right now and putting, putting the goals away. Yeah, Ebony's Ebony's kind of one of those like hot and cold strikers, right? Like she kind of gets on these streaks. We saw her last year when she first came to Houston. She went on like a crazy tear, um, and then she kind of slowed down as the season ended. Theo, what uh, what, are you, what have you kind of seen early in the season? Some some takeaways. Yeah, I mean, just finishing on Ebbs, like definitely has shown to be a very streaky player. I think the best game from her. She she definitely is a player who I think is is almost better on the road. The dash again almost better on the road. She's better when the other team is dictating and she can be reactive and and the other team pushes their line forward, gets her that space and you know one two touches and she can get in front of goal. So I think going back to last night, I know we're finished on the KC game, but the KC game is exactly the worst kind of game for Salmon to enter. The other team already has a lead. They're sitting back. The dash has all the possession. You know Salmon's not going to find the, the chances she wants. Um, but I think she just looks a little low on confidence. I think she maybe is looking a little rusty, but you know, I think she's a top, top forward in, in this league. And I've got all the faith in the world with Ebony. And I think kind of my overall takeaways is, you know, I know I think Manny got a good answer out of Sam in one of the pre uh, pre-game presses, I think maybe for week one, where he had that line saying, Oh, it's gonna take eight games or whatever for Diana and Ebony to to get to get to used to playing with each other. And I think we've seen combination play much quicker than maybe, you know, we expected. And that's sort of the opposite of what Sam was saying after the KC game last night. He was trying to give his senior players a little bit of leeway and say, it's not going to be perfect right away. And I think the big feather in this dash team cap is they have goal scorers and they don't have to be playing very well to create very good chances and make chances. Portland game, um, they were battered for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then Maria capitalizes on an error, scores a worldie on her own. And then after that, the dash just got cooking. And so it kind of feels like this team can pull anything out of anywhere, mostly because of Diana, Maria and Ebony are so good um, in particular moments. So I think it's a huge, huge positive for the team, for Sam, for fans to know that you can be shaky for half an hour, you can be shaky for a half and you can kind of get a goal out of anywhere. 
And I think this team going forward is really dangerous. I mean, I, I think the combination play, the positioning, you know, Sam's doing multiple formations at the moment. I don't think it's perfect. I definitely don't think the team's put a perfect 90 minutes together. But in terms of being explosive, creative, um, definitive in front of goal, I think you've seen a lot to like, especially in, in the Chicago game. I think the combination play was fantastic. And, you know, penalty kicks are penalty kicks, but Diana, you know, it was a fantastic penalty kick to win that match. And sometimes, you know, that pressure for a young player, um, her and Ebony, have, you know, they're both 21 years old or whatever, and, and they can put so much on their shoulders. So I think there's a lot to like. I think actually the thing which seems unclear, and, and like Manny said, the Portland game could have ended Portland could have probably scored five goals that last that that game. They had two point eight six xg, which was the most of any team over the weekend. Uh, I think the defense is is still figuring itself out. Personnel changes again. Last night we saw you know Caitlin finally come back and Natalie Jacobs, a fullback, from playing at centre back. I think there's a lot of question marks across the defense, um, which would be another, which would be the kind of negative takeaways. It doesn't really know like Lady knows his best back four. Is it a back five? Who's playing where? Peterson and Didasco are kind of playing in multiple positions, whether it's true fullback, uh, wing back. Chapman played inverted fullback, centre back last night. So, yeah, I think the defence is is it feels like we're rolling the dice. Um, but it's only week three. I think most people unbeaten, you know, five points. I think that's massive. I think I think you got there's lots to like. There's a lot to like. That was a long answer. <laughs> that's a good answer. Yeah. No. <laughs> just kind of going back to Ebony. I'm just. Yeah. Do you think? We saw her not get called up by England, right? Recently, the yes. World Cup is coming up. Do you think there's? I've been meaning to try and. Do you think there's that. some uh, there's some things in her head going on? You know, she obviously she wants to play in the World Cup, right? She didn't get called up last time, so maybe she's you know kind of pressing, trying to get to the World Cup. I mean, what do you what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, I don't have any inside information. I've not spoken to Ebony. You know, I haven't asked Sam about it, but um, I don't think it's wrong to sort of put two and two together it does feel like ebony is not whether it's a confidence issue whether it's a nerves whether it's having something on her mind she's not at her best and we know how good she can be especially at being efficient in front of goal you know taking the chances she's given she doesn't you know she often last season and and, and a lot of the teams she's played on in england as well she's not a high volume chance forward she's an efficiency forward um yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's a good point, Dustin. I think the the heartbreak of being in the last three, four England squads, you know, playing all in all the warm ups and qualifiers for this World Cup, and then the penultimate squad before, you know, the twenty three is named in 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 May, um, end of May. I, I think it's got to be weighing on her, um, and she's not the only one. You know, this is a bit of a distraction, but Beth England, who plays at Tottenham Hotspurs, um, you know, is also on the outside looking in that England squad as as and this will be more uh, appropriate for Dash fans. Rachel Daly is now uh, a forward on the England team after nearly 10 years as playing as a fullback for England. And Rachel's transition to a forward has pretty much knocked Ebony and Beth England out of the running of getting into that um, that group for the World Cup. So it's it's an interesting kind of Houston Dash tinge narrative going on with the England team. But um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see if that first goal falls for Ebony maybe this weekend. Maybe her confidence gets going, she gets on a streak and she makes Serena Wiegmann, you know, think twice about maybe not bringing her, but um I think it's a I think it's a good point to bring up. Yeah, very very ironic, right? Rachel uh she replaces Rachel in Houston and then Rachel replaces her in England. <laughs> yeah. Ironic. Very much so. So we 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 hit on the formations a little bit. I think we we talked about we we've seen, you know, 
Sam kind of play some different things. Um, it looks like they're kind of comfortable in that kind of three, five, two, five, three, two, however you want to call it with the wing backs. So what do you, what do you think the defense is looking like, Manny, as kind of, what, what do you think their ideal back line would be? Oh, I think I just how the games have been. Oh, I think the back four, it's to be honest, has been the most uh, best. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, what was it when we did the uh, the Portland in the I think uh, interview with Diasco? Uh, I think we were just talking about she was running too too forward at that game. She was getting really cooked on that on that side, and then I think it was a last minute tweak from Sam. Like you know, she needed her to be a little bit more attacking and defending. Which it was like, you know, it it helped a lot in the transition, but by the time we was time of defending, she was just getting ran over. And I think, you know, coming up with uh, games like right now, uh, Washington Spirit, you know, I think that would be a horrible game again if she goes too uh, too forward, you know. Uh, but I still see our same back for, back four, you know, uh, of of that Asco, uh, Pre- uh, Ali Pressock, and. Uh, Hopefully, Caitlin with with the ninety minutes get back in the in the center back. I think and I want I want to see just one more time, uh, you know, Caitlin and uh, and uh, and Ali and at the partnership. You know, they've been almost the whole last season together. I wonder if they still have that spark, or maybe Sam Lane wants to still go back to Natalie Jacobs because, to be honest, as a fullback playing as a center back, uh, the back four, uh, you know, she had her moments, but overall, she was really solid. Especially the clearance that she did uh, earlier this season, I think that was like if if that goal went in, I was like, that was it. Yeah, that Chicago, was game ball. Chicago when she kind of like was coming back and after she scored an own goal, right? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say after she scored an own goal, like, obviously. But and then I think Chapman, I think on the on the left side, I think that her real competition was with uh, Courtney Peterson. You know, I think Courtney did on the first game did good until she had the little knock. Uh, but you know, I think the experience that Chapman has on on that side, you know, you can't argue that she brings more experience and more. You know, she knows when to attack and when to come back for defense. You know, uh, while Peterson is still, you know, trying to get her footing in the in the professional league. I feel like that left side is is the interesting one because I don't think. From my interpretation, Lacey and the coaching staff know exactly who they want to put there. I think it is very much up for grabs. Peterson's left-footed delivery, her crossing ability, I think, means with with Ordonez's heading ability means I think they really, really want her to be, you know, a, a potentially the starting left back. But Chapman set pieces last night a lot. Yeah, that too. Though I think that's a great point. Um, you know, Maria can you maybe want Maria as well as being a great crosser can be a great shooter. You saw her right at the end of the Portland game kind of get moved into the number 10 position. There's so much you want Maria to do that. Like if you could get a second outlet uh, who can cross, I think it makes it really hard for teams, especially if they want to maybe double up on Maria and try and um, neutralize her a little bit more. So I think they're really interested in how Courtney Peterson can get involved in the attack, but Chapman, you know, one of the most reliable players in this club's history, still very, very good when the ball is in front of her, one-on-one defender, um, plays with more intensity than anyone else out there, you know, gives everything. And I think it's they're finding it very hard getting Chapman, getting someone else who can bring what Chapman can bring. And so you saw in that first game, 
they did opt for Peterson for the start. Peterson ended up getting the knock, and now it's back to Chapman. And now you, the, having the back five, you you kind of can have your cake and eat it by getting Peterson and Chapman on the pitch. But I think if Lightly does go back to the back four, which I think in games which maybe he's more confident of winning, um, he will do. Then I don't know. I honestly don't know who he starts. It feels like that that position's up for grabs. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, after that Portland game, they were talking about. Uh, I think it was Sophie and. Didasco were on the press uh, post game kind of talking about that they you know had 45 minutes basically to to install <laughs> install tactics you know ha- some of them were halfway across the world France and then wherever playing internationals and they all kind of kind of came back together and Sam gave them a, a game plan it was like here learn this so <laughs> it's a lot of I think tactical adjustments which I mean like you want a coach to do, right? You want, like you said, kind of games they feel like they win. They might set up one way games that they're going to, you know, absorb pressure and, you know, kind of be defensive. They're going to set up another way, but they have a different, they have options, which I think is, is, is great. You know, I mean, having, they can set up a number of ways back four, back five, um, two forwards, one forward. There's all kinds of options, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it goes back to just, you know, the biggest positive takeaway of the, of the first three, four games is, is just how good Maria, Diana and Ebony is. And and we haven't really seen them play the same way in one game yet. It feels like it's always looked a little bit different. If you look at the passing network from the Portland game, they, the, their average touch was so clustered together, the three of them, they were almost all on one side rather than laid out as either two nines with Maria or as a front three with Ebony more as a winger. So it feels like every game they're lined up almost a little bit differently. They're doing different roles. Their combinations are different. So it does feel like even though it's been impressive what they've done over three games, yeah, we're not quite sure what the finished article looks like. Yeah. So Joey, what do you what do you think of tactically? You know, there's options, right? But what do you, what do you kind of think as far as their different options and what what best suits the the players they have? No, I mean there's so many different options, and I think it's good to experiment early in the season. But you know, as it goes on, you want to try to find some sort of consistency. As Theo said, they I mean it looks like they're playing a completely different tactic almost every game going forward. And when you know, once you could find what works, you kind of gotta just stick with it. When you have that much talent, they're gonna score goals in a consistent style. And I think with the defense, I'm not a big fan of changing up defenses a lot because I know consistency in a defense is everything. But I think Chapman should definitely. I, I like what she offers a little more than Peterson because I think the offense is so could be so good on their own. We need to focus a little more on solidifying that back line. I mean, and as Manny said too, you got to look at Jacob. She's for being a fullback playing out of position. She's slotted in pretty well for what the expectations would be. I mean, obviously, I think you want to get Katie Lind in there as soon as possible, but I think. It's definitely you got to give props to Jacob. And I think another player on that back line that's done really well, you got to give props to is Dadasco. I think she's had a really good start to the season. She kind of got burnt early in that Portland game. And then she really grew into it. And I thought she played a phenomenal game as it went on. But yeah, I think Sam Lady is maybe overcoaching a little bit with all the changeups. He might have to calm it down a bit, but it's really all just his experimenting early season, which isn't always the worst thing. Yeah, definitely. I think another another kind of tactical thing, you know, coming into the season, the big question, right, was, well, who's the number nine? Deanna and Ebony are number nines, but there's going to be one number nine or there's going to be two. And like you guys have said, we've seen them in very different roles, but it seems like Ordonia is, is always the center forward, right? Yeah, more or less. I think the Portland game tested that theory because you have, it's a 5-3-2 
and so you have two nines and i again if you look at the touch maps and passing maps of that game ordonia's and salmon were sharing a lot more of the same positions than they normally do but yes in the other games i think diana's kind of had the nine space more to her own. you think do you think that that them playing next to each other kind of up front you think that's more playing to their to their strengths i think so i think so to be honest uh, because you know why because I think because Diana likes to get back a little bit and just get the ball earlier. And and Ebony loves to run it at spaces. And so when you see that, those switch-ups, you know, you see that Diana's going in a little bit more in the midfield, getting the ball. And by the time she passes the next midfield, you know, Ebony's already running. She's already running to the to the box and find that space. And so, and also Diana's making that late run as well. So in case, you know, if Maria... Well, Abby doesn't get it, you know, she will have at least a chance on that. And and it has been really good, you know. We have been having chances. It's just, you know, the clinical, maybe the last pass or the last shot hasn't been the greatest. But you can see that they're understanding how to work on best strength. And it's been suiting the team. It's just, you know, I think as always, the beginning of the season, you know, it's just barely three matches professionally and the, and the, and the cup match. You you hopefully the next two games can see very very well if it's actually working or not because that'll be already almost four or five weeks into the season and uh, a good amount of games uh, but it's gonna be a total of six games and it's gonna be see okay is this actually working or we do this 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 uh, does it need to change up again. I think there's also the situational aspect of sort of, you know, like we said, we kind of expected Louisville to come and sit on the, on the, on the first game season. They did. Casey, um, especially having just lost their coach and like being on a three match losing streak where they conceded four times, uh, two games in a row. What they did last night by, you know, two shots on goal, breakaway goals, sitting back, absorbing pressure. Like those are exactly the kind of games Salmon is harder to be influential in. Um, and, maybe even a lot of the dashes weapons are hard as be influential and so i think if we if you don't see it clicking in those games it's like how it's it's partly situational and partly it's it's the strategy um and sometimes you know i think that's why it's good to see lately experimenting even if there's lots of questions being asked because hopefully by the end of the season you have a few more looks to show people um and 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 i think it'll it'll come I think we'll learn a lot more as the season goes on. Right now, you're kind of like, okay, well, how do they deal with this? And and that's why I think the Portland game and the Chicago game, but especially the Portland game, was sort of a glimpse of like, oh, well, when a game opens up, when a team sets up and says, we're going to play this way like Portland did, the dash can pick holes and, and you kind of saw the best. Um, I think Ebony and, and Deanna were unlucky. Or, you know, if they if their finishing had been better in the Portland game, they would have both would have got goals. And I think that's that the kind of setup, even in that new formation where, you know, it can work. Yeah, Joey. How do you? What do you? What do you think of the the Ordonia Salmon kind of partnership? Where they where they line up well together? Uh, I think I think just having them both on the field is such a advantage, of course, because you know you have Ebony. Just her threat of getting him behind makes defenses play a certain way against her. You, know, you can't you can't play a higher line against her because you know she's going to run at you. She's going to get in behind. She's going to score goals. So you can't play that way against us, and that kind of gives us more of a chance to operate more in those pockets of space where in between the box and the midfield. And that's where I think someone like Joel Anderson has been a little bit disappointing to me. I think she needs to step up just a bit more and kind of be that creator as her more as her most advanced midfielder. And 
I think that's also somewhere where Deanna needs to get it just a tad bit better in her link up play between Anderson and then when Maria when she's out there too. But yeah, I mean, Salmon's gonna score goals eventually. It's gonna happen. Her threat, her threat is definitely just a big advantage to our team. Yeah, it's it. You you hit on Anderson, and my next question was kind of going in that direction. So we have we've seen Katie Lind come back, um, Barbara's come back from some knocks. We haven't seen Shay Groom yet. Um, she had and a won't and won't for a little bit more. Me thing, right? Yeah. yeah, MCL. Yeah, so she's gonna she's gonna be out probably what. At least in the first six weeks, I would say, yeah. Yeah, so so it's it's kind of Anderson's job, you think, Theo? Or does Barb have a shot as, in that kind of sitting in front of Vigiano Schmidt role? I think, I mean, Anderson, I think, has the job right now. She's started every league game. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of hers, hers right now. I think Barb, as brilliant as she, as she is, and I think people are very excited to get a creative midfielder who absolutely bossed it at AM and scored fantastic goals from outside the box and was brave on the ball and everything, you know, people want to see in a young player who grew up, you know, in this Houston suburb. I think there's so much, you know, I think Barb gets people very excited, but she is A, young, B, coming from Liga Mekis, you get so much more time on the ball. And I think last night was a great, I mean, that's, you know, I, go, I keep going back to the KC game, but last night was a great moment to be like, okay, Barb, go out there, make some mistakes, take some touches, build some confidence, tussle with Labotna, feel that physicality, feel that, feel how much you've got to track and work in this league. And I think it was a really great to see. And obviously Bob came in to the season with a knee injury as well. So um, not a big one, but, you know, I still think her physicality, her tracking back, her transitional play, her defensive, the defensive duties of the number 10, or the kind of, as Joey said, the most advanced midfielder, I think is what she has to learn. And I almost think Anderson's had, you know, a year in the end of a cell under, under a belt. And I think she is getting the audition ahead of her, probably because of more about what she can do off the ball. And, and Sam is probably saying, hey, you've got to link those passes, be be braver, get more shots off, create more chances. Um, and I think it's it's kind of that balance. I think, you know, we saw Bob have some great touches last night, took a couple of shots, you know. But she will also take time. Anderson is also a young player. Part of me feels like neither of these players are going to be ready tomorrow. Um, it's just about getting that balance right. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it clearly seems like it's Anderson's job right now. Kind of, or it would have been Grooms if Grooms was fit. Yeah, Manny, what do you what do you kind of see out of the the ten role so far, and uh, maybe kind of going forward? Is there, but it's almost not you have a player there, and you know she she has done well. Space, you know, if she may not give the key pass or the pass for the for for transition or to get inside the box, but you know she's covering that space. That's why if, if you think about all the game, then all the attacks, well, all the attacks are just. Crazy. We lost Manny. He had he had a lot. The so takes were that hot. <laughs> the takes were so hot. I think it just burned his Wi-Fi. Joey, you can uh, you can jump in. What do you what do you see out of the kind of like you said that advanced midfield role? Yeah, I think it, it just seems to be a little more dynamic. You know, we got to see more shots coming out of the player in that position. That's where I think Barb could be more of that dynamic player. But it's I mean, both of them are young, so you got to develop both of them into that kind of role. And neither of them are there right now, as Theo said. I think I liked maybe a little more the potential Barb showed yesterday. I thought she was a little more free roaming. I think she looked a little more, a little more like she could do more on the ball. 
But again, they both I think, have. I think there's. I think that's a valid take. I do think Casey were really sitting off, so she had a bit more time on the ball, and she still wasn't able to break the lines or to. You know, it was like she was kind of comfortable in more comfortable spaces, which is obviously the first thing you want to see. But I, I yeah, I, I think you got to give you got to give Bob time. But I think when when she builds up, she's going to be a very special player. But she's I very raw. She's very raw, exactly. And I think NCAA, Liga Mekis, these are these are leagues which for a player like Bob, she's been able to have that time on the ball and pick her spaces, but it's it's gonna be closed down fast. And I think Portland are, you know, one of the best pressing teams in this league. Um you know, just snap at your heels every time. The spirit at the weekend uh, coming up as well, or another team who've, who've who started the season very well for a feisty game. So part of me feels like, yeah, I don't I I, I think I think what you're going to see is what you saw at the end of the Portland game, which is maybe Anderson starting and then Maria actually comes in to be the most advanced midfielder because that's who Sam kind of sees as being able to carry the load. Manny's back. His his hot takes have cooled off. We thought you were ju- your your takes were just too hot. You burned up the Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, it's just finally you know uh, make sure your 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 router's uh, acting up. Uh, just that's that, that's all I have. No, but <laughs> Go ahead. but no, I think I will. I think you know. Uh, I know we, I just got into the Barb discussion, but uh, I think uh, I don't mind seeing Anderson a couple more games. So just just hoping that she gets that gets into be more confident to making that that pass. But uh, you know, you still have you know, Barb, you still have uh, Sylvia Hirsch, and you still have Havana uh, in the in the in the lineup to support her. You know, I think the common substitution is always uh Havana for Anderson uh over for the second half. But uh I think at the moment it's uh just just having having a little bit more connection in the, in that midfield area. Yeah. So Theo mentioned Washington before we wrap up. We'll uh we'll get into the upcoming um the upcoming matches. So the Dash their last game was against an unbeaten Portland, right? And so they get rewarded now with an unbeaten Washington spirit team. Um, as on the road again, um, it, looking at some stats from Washington and I'll let Theo jump in here. Cause I know he's a, a NWSL fiend. He sees all the teams, but uh, noticing uh, passing or in the NWSL, most teams, all the teams in NWSL are 70, 75%. Washington's at 61% and they don't pass a lot. Like they have 200 less this season than every other team. What what, what are the Washington spirit? <laughs> Guess is the question. Yeah. I mean, I think they're a really fascinating team. I, I do a power rankings column every week and, and I watch all the games and kind of break down um, what I can in, in kind of very short amounts for people that don't get to catch them up. And I think spirit have probably been the biggest surprise package and, and you sit in on, on Mark Parsons press conferences and he has really, really been kind of ramming home this idea that this is a work in progress. We're going to take, it's going to take 15 games before you see the Washington spirit team that I want to put together. That being said, I think he's got a team that absolutely are with him and are competing and are nasty and gritty when they need to be and know exactly when to play, you know, hoof the ball and do what they need to do. And I think it's been really interesting and he's kind of said this, like, oh, this isn't the Washington spirit, but this is who the Washington spirit need to be. And I think he's really explained himself very well and clearly has explained himself to his team about, like, this is who we need to be today. And it's not necessarily who we're going to be tomorrow. And, and their, their stats are wild. I think that first game, they had like 54% pass completion. Um, and like you said, maybe the average is now 61. But that first game against the OL Reign, who are the best team in the league, probably, um, it was so, so... Sorry, my cat's just come into the room. Um, 
it was so it was so stark seeing one team um pass 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 and then the washington spirit just sit back and try and break away and they scored that amazing trinity robin goal on the um kind of solo goal so i think you've got a team that really knows how to win it at all costs and is is it knows it with one two passes they can you know get forward sam starb is is, is the player to watch that center back who can launch the ball really really far so i think it's it's a style thing but i also think ashley sanchez trinity robin they have real real flair players creative players um and it feels like we haven't quite seen the finished product of the Washington Spirit, but I'm, I've been really impressed with them. What they can do with one-two passes, it's it's not they're not playing like other teams in that they don't want when they don't want to have the ball, they will not have the ball. They'll just get rid and do try and do things really quick. And I think it's been really interesting to see in all their games that they're scoring goals, they're fighting, they're still unbeaten like the dash. Um, and I think they're going to be a really really hard team to play against. They're also pressing really well. Um, I think they got the second best pressing stats in the league. Um, so I, 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 yeah, I really feel like they're going to be a really tough test for the dash and, and an interesting one again, because it's kind of like we've said a few times when the dash get more of the ball, they don't always break teams down slowly. They, the dash almost want to be the team who, 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 you know, three, four passes, a, a high turnover, and that's how they break. And I think the spirit are going to try and do that to the dash. So how late he sets up his team, knowing that so far the spirit we've seen have have not had the ball is going to be very interesting that said parsons at least in his comments says you know i do want to be more of a ball playing team things might change over time so it really feels like we don't know what spirit we're going to get maybe in 10 games but right now they are they're gritty they're feisty they're turning the ball over high they're winning in transition and and, and they're knocking it long out the back and it looks like they were rotated in the challenge cup too right like uh sancha Ashley Sanchez didn't play. Uh, Ashley Hatch didn't play. Rodman was given the Rodman, game off as well. Rodman had personal leave or whatever. Yeah, it was. And, and actually Parsons deserves credit for rotating in the league as well. They're the only team in the NWSL that's good stat this um, who've played every outfield player. Every outfield player on the roster has at least one minute, and they're the only team that could say that. So, in the three league games and last night, Parsons is getting these players. They're also the youngest squad in the league. Um, he's getting these players minutes. He's he's rotating. He's kind of putting them where he needs to be, keeping their bodies on um, in, in good stead. Dawn Scott is the head of uh, sports science there, and she's like one of the best in the world uh, in, in, in women's football. So, yeah, I think the Washington Spirit are kind of underrated because they, apart from maybe Sanchez and Rodman and Hatch, the three that play for the USA national team, they don't have too many star players. They've got a really young squad. But, yeah, Parsons has just really dialed into them, you know, really, really quickly. And, yeah. Yeah, so, Joey... Just from a dash perspective, what do you? I mean, we heard what Theo said about the spirit. What do you? How do you think the it was dash? A rant. It was a rant. But <laughs> one of the, one of my favorite teams to watch so far. They've been. They on. have been fun. Yeah, I've got to see them a little bit. They have been fun. So, Joey, what do you? How do you think the dash kind of same lady kind of sets up against that kind of that kind of a team? Well, I mean, as Theo said, we kind of don't play as well when we're dictating the play and playing as a team that's averaging forty percent possession on the season, which is bottom by a mile. Is, is going to be a bit of a struggle for us. It's going to be a hard to maybe get Ebony as involved as we'd like. It's I'm very interested to see how we kind of set up in that situation. And and by the way, Theo, I, I love that stat you just said about them playing every outfield player. You got to think amongst the men's and women's game, how many teams could say that in three games? That's that's remarkable. I'm I'm interested to see how they play because you know you said you're describing it and that sounds really fun to me. I haven't watched them play it, so I'm I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah, it's, Sam Staub. I, I know she's kind of Theo mentioned her. She's kind of burst onto the scene as this kind of 
you know, that newfangled center back, I guess you could say, right? Like she's kind of that, that new breed of like, um, we've kind of seen Miles Robinson when he came into MLS was kind of similar. You know, they like to be on the ball and they like to drive forward and drive the ball forward. Um, so that'll be interesting to, um, to, to kind of see how that plays out too. With, for the American with, listeners who maybe watch other sports, she honestly is like the closest thing in the NWSL to a quarterback. She is just like absolute me player, launches the ball, goes deep, hits the seams. Like she is, and she, and you know, she's, she's, she's also like, um, big athletic center back um like some of the best out there so yeah she really is giving i think modern contemporary american soccer a really good a brand um, and maybe that's the miles robinson comparison is good she she really does feel like a kind of contemporary u.s soccer forward uh sorry defensive kind of attacking defender yeah like like that super athletic american athlete you know <laughs> that mold of, of that Manny, what do you, uh, what do you kind of see, see from the dash this weekend? You know, a lot of players had the, had the week off. You mentioned Schmidt and Vigiano had the whole night off and then the kind of attack. How do you think Sam lady and the dash kind of come into this game with, with this interesting Washington team? I just hope it's not a uh, Portland part two type of match. That's going to be just heart attacks left and right, you know, because I feel like that's, that's the way it's going to be. You know, Sam Stab, you know, for me, when I see her play, it reminds me of uh, Leonardo Bonucci. Just like, just strong, just knows where to keep pass, just go to the long that. ball. I see that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, I feel like she's a young just a player. And that's the type of player that scares you. Because that's the type of player, because you're not focusing on the wing or the midfield. You're focusing on the back, you know, because she has the eye for that ball, for the long ball. And it's like, if the dash, don't keep it right, like if that dash goes too far or chat miss too far, that, that killer ball is going to open up everything. And But on the positive side, you know, we do have, you know, fresher legs. Sophie Schmidt, hopefully she could play a whole nine minutes. And uh, and uh, Marissa Vigiano, who has the ability and the and the pace in her to, to keep track of, you know, running. But it's going to be... I, I feel it a gut feeling that's gonna be another like Portland game. It's gonna be both teams gonna have good chances. Both teams are gonna attack the wings and overrun you. Uh I just I think I think I think hopefully, hopefully I'll be a little bit better if uh if Caitlin and Ali uh go in. But if if I had to go with the league form how it goes, I prefer seeing Jacobs and uh and uh Pressock in the back just because I think I'll need a little bit more extra pace just because of those two wingers are running at teams at the moment. Do we expect Rodman back, Theo? Have you heard? I know she was kind of like, what they said, personal leave um, for the Challenge Cup. Is she expected back on Saturday? Do we know anything? Mm, there'll be press conferences tomorrow, so that, I'm sure that'll get answered tomorrow, but I have no reason to believe she won't be playing. Yeah. And she is obviously for yeah, people that don't know the player to watch, just you know, one of the yeah. best in the world. She's still the what the highest played player in NWSL? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the big eye catching thing. Yeah, she signed that million dollar four year yeah. contract. So that's yeah, two fifty K a year or whatever. Yeah. That they have some stars. It was interesting to see them last year kind of fade off with that star power, but didn't take them long to bounce back, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I think they're an interesting club. Um, and, and Parsons had a good quote on that, you know, which is he said, some of these players have tasted the, the championship, they've tasted winning. And now it's about how do you kind of like re 
get them back to that place where they they know what it's like they're hungry to get it back but they you know with a young person coming up you're sort of you want to show them things and, and and get them hungry for things they've never had before this is a team that has tasted success and it's about kind of getting them back there um yeah i think they're an interesting team because i think last year they really lacked depth like we said ashley hatch ashley sanchez trinity rodman their goalkeeper um Audrey Bledsoe, those are like absolute top rate and all these players and it's kind of like how do you fill in oh andy sullivan as well the spine the spine of the spirit is really good it's sort of the little pieces around that the bench like i said very very young squad um so you know i think there's there's definitely question marks there i think coming in people did not have them as a playoff team this is a team who i think parsons is getting a tune out of um but yeah the sort of the top the headline players are, are very very good so before we before we wrap things up we're coming up on like an hour of of, of dash talk before we wrap things up um we'll kind of just do some quick hitters joey we'll start with you just kind of some final thoughts anything anything on your mind god i think I think I'm just very meh on the season so far, but I'm really excited for what's to come. So, I mean, we got some really, we got some fun games coming up. It's this this game this weekend, you know, what Theo's telling me about the spirit sounds like an absolute blast. So I'm excited for that. You know, next week we got the courage, you know, Deanna coming against her own old team. We got some fun stuff coming up. Um, I think, I think we're in for some great games coming up. I think we've played very all right so far. And, you know, big shout out to Sam. I think he's getting some good stuff out of the players for coming in as a new head coach. And I'm just excited to see what's next. Manny, what, what, do, you, what do you got? Some final final thoughts. Uh, I think I'll go to repeat what Joey says. I think, we're, I think right now we're going to have a good amount of games in just three, three weeks. You know, we have about maybe three or four league games and then we have a challenge cup as in the middle of it so the players are going to get if you're going to want to see more dash you won't get your money's worth coming up it's going to be a lot of games a lot of intensity uh especially not just the courage and the spirit but you also have you know back-to-back uh weekends with ol ol rain and portland thorns in the first two weeks of of may so those i think those games right now i think how the season goes and after that, you also have San Diego right there, right next to right after the international break as well. And so it's like, okay, you're going to have, by that point, you see how the dash will stand with those top hitters, you know. I think, you know, Portland was a good test early on. But I think as you're going on as a season, you see everyone's going to get their kinks out, not just the dash, you know. And right there, I think you'll see, okay, how is the dash really going moving forward? But it's really good stuff, really encouraging stuff. Just, just need to be clinical and be organized in the back. I think that's all. Yeah. What a, uh, what do you, what do you got on some, some final thoughts, ideas, rumblings? I think, uh, yeah, I think it's you know, it's for the history of this club, you, you can't take five points for three games lightly. Being undefeated after three games, I think you know Sam deserves a lot of credit. Um, I think you're still waiting for sort of the perfect game front to back start to finish from the dash but like i said i think in in bursts in moments this team has so much potential and so much quality and i think that's huge and it makes you feel like if they can tinker it here and there they're going to be you know they have the potential to be very very good um and even if not you know if they make errors like they did last night i still think this team is going to be really fun and sometimes you know in football i think we forget that like you know 
people you know you fans who want to come and watch players like Maria, Maria Sanchez and Diana Donez and, and Everly Salmon and I think this team is going to put on a really good show and um, these next two games will be fascinating because the spirit you couldn't find a team that you know plays the way they do in the league quite like them and the North Carolina Courage the next home game have more possession and, and short passes and, and want to kind of tick attacker um, for lack of a better word so it's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks I think Sam is is has done some probably the most interesting takeaway for the for this season is his change of formations how he's you know we, we almost don't quite know his best 11 yet and what happens over these next two weeks as Manny said with rotation is going to be key I think um, we're going to learn a lot but um, enjoy it I guess would be my my last you know what seeing new players make debuts is really fun seeing great players you know turn it on like Maria did in Portland is really fun so um, try and enjoy it you know it's not always perfect I think um, you know I'm I'm not an athlete I'm not a coach so I, I don't want to be saying it's not good enough I'm, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to enjoy the football I hear you well before we wrap it up we want to uh, say thanks again to Theo for joining us before we let you go Theo where where can we find you in all your in all your spots yeah um you can follow me on on the socials at my name at theo lloyd hughes i just launched a new podcast plug um called squad depth gonna have a Substack newsletter as well sort of a slow paced uh chat based um football soccer podcast where i'm talking to anyone in the game gonna have some coaches gonna have some players photographers journalists media people maybe some grounds people um, and sort of talk about the, how they fell in love with the game and connection. So it's, it's a bit, it's a bit slow pace. It's not necessarily like on the news beat, but um, sort of a space where people can uh, hear some stories. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm writing a week column at the striker and, and got a couple of other freelance stuff um, in the works as well. So, yeah. Awesome. We, we always appreciate your insight and uh, love having you on. And for, for Joey and Manny and myself, you can always find us at Bayou city soccer and all your socials by citysoccer.net of course we'll have all your your coverage dash dynamo dynamo 2 gold cup this summer world cups there's all kinds of stuff going on around houston soccer so make sure you stay plugged in on there by city soccer all the socials will have you set up and until next time we'll talk to you guys soon see you